Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Take It or Leave It. I'm so excited to be with everyone here, everyone who's been listening in and want to give Jesus all the glory, honor, and praise for another successful podcast episode. Um, I'm really enjoying this. It's certainly a challenge. Um, You know, I, I really make this a priority every week to plan what to say and to speak it boldly and to share it thoroughly and uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying Take It or Leave It, but I'm so thankful today because uh, with the platform that I use, Podbean, I have a dashboard for my for my podcast, and I can see stats for where viewers are located. So not only do I have viewers in the United States, I also have viewers in the UK, and it's so exciting because I'm not doing anything to promote this podcast. I'm not after being famous. I don't want to be an influencer. So when I see that somebody as far as the UK is viewing my podcast and is interested in the things that I'm speaking about, I want to give thanks to the Lord because I believe that that was allowed by him. So thank you so much. Uh, Today we were talking about something very exciting uh, and today's podcast is titled The Truth About Lying. So we have a play on words there and it's definitely appropriate and it'll make more sense towards the end of the podcast. There is a truth behind lying. And I want to dive right in and start off with what is a lie. It's important that we understand what a lie truly is. And we don't just chalk it up to being what the world may tell us it is. So the world might say that a lie is false information and leave it at that. But in reality, a lie is mostly truth. So again, a lie is going to be 99.99999 infinite number of nines truth. And a very small percentage, like 0.0000000, continue to zeros, 1% false. That is a lie. Mostly truth information, 99% truth, 0.01% false information. And when you look at a statement that we make and you look at the intent, you're going to notice that a lie has the intent uh, for self-seeking gain, using a lie uh, for selfish gain right? Seeking self. And this ties back to previous podcasts where we've talked about denying yourself, setting yourself aside, everything that you want to do aside, and ensuring that the things of God are first. And a lie is a lie. I think this world likes to talk about white lies. Oh, it's just a white lie. It's it's not a big deal. And, you know, to that I say, says who? Says who? Who said a white lie is not a big deal because a lie is a lie. They could be white lies, they could be brown lies, they could be pink lies, they could be red lies. A lie is a lie and it's a sin. So why do some people lie and in what situations? What would we gain from a lie? And the answer is relief, right? Relief because we're getting pleasure, we're self-seeking, uh, maybe we're seeking acceptance in that moment. It really depends on the situation, right? We're, we're preventing shame by the lie right? And, and again, that in itself to reduce any sort of negative feeling that we might have within ourselves, right? Our own issue is self-gain, right? That's why people lie. 
Have you ever known somebody that is fluent in lying? I have. I have. I knew this woman. Everything that came out of her mouth was a lie. Everything. Everything. And it was so hard to be around this person because they lied so much that even they believed their lies. Can you believe that? They were so deceptive all the time. They even deceived themselves. So there was no reasoning with this person, right? And, and it was almost as if they just couldn't control it. They could not control their lies. So why? Why are people like this? These people are demonized. So what do I mean by demonized? They are influenced and surrounded more by demonic oppression, right? And I'm not going to take away from the fact that we are accountable for the things that we say, right? The devil is not coming and grabbing our mouths and making us say these lies, right? We determine whether we are going to say them or not. But when we are demonized, there is such a heavy influence. These people are more likely to cave to this pressure to lie. We're accountable to tame our tongues, to prevent a lie. So some who are demonized, again, they're surrounded. They're surrounded by this demonic influence. Because of that, they begin to speak their language. What is the language? Lies. Whenever we're in the flesh, we have the capability to lie. And when we lie, we provide a dominion for the demons. What do I mean by that? We provide a place for the demons to rest. We provide a refuge for the demons, a home. We welcome them into our lives. So in reality, people want to paint this picture like Satan is violent because you see the horror movies and you hear of these um, scary stories, right, where, where people become violent. But Satan is actually gentle. He's awaiting to pounce. He's extremely strategic and he's waiting to pounce on the opportunity to invade your life. This is a topic for another podcast on how demons leverage us and our mental capacities to exude this violent behavior. We won't be focusing on that tonight, but definitely something that we will discuss in the future. But for now, we just need to understand that when we lie, we offer a home to the demons and we obviously don't want to do that. So is it easy to detect a lie? Short answer, no, it's not. When we're in the flesh, no. Lying is very deceptive, right? Lies sound so sweet to our ears. And unless we can discern, unless we are extremely sensitive, we are going to hear the lie and zero red flags will go up. So it's really important that we take a note from Paul when he shares about the whole armor of God. And I want to read about the whole armor of God in Ephesians 6. Starting in verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So again, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. What is a wile of the devil? Let's understand that first. That is a method. We need the whole armor of God to be able to stand against the methods of the devil, right? We want to beat the methods of the enemy. We need to be strong. We need to be protected. We need to be wise. And to win the battle, we must know the enemy. 
we must discern his tactics. We're dealing with powers second to God. I know that there's preachers that make it seem like Satan is so itty-bitty, not a big deal, and he is second to God. And we, as humans, we are not second to God. Satan is strong. Satan is deceptive. He's manipulative. He's sneaky. He's smart. And we are only powerful to overcome the enemy when Jesus lives in us. This is the Holy Spirit power that we've talked about in a previous podcast. I encourage you uh, to listen to the podcast, The Power of the Holy Spirit, to understand more about what is available to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Spend less time belittling the enemy and more time talking about him so we can understand him. The devil appears as an angel of light. Paul talks about this as well because the devil is attractive and we must discern this. We are less likely to have red flags when there's somebody talking to us that's beautiful or handsome. So we must discern. We must discern. And Paul confirmed this in 2 Corinthians 11. Paul was speaking to the people about um, professing followers, uh, false apostles specifically. And what do I mean by that? They were fakes. In 2 Corinthians, I'm going to start in verse 12. This is Paul speaking to the people. But what I do, and what Paul means here, preaching the gospel, But what I do, I will also continue to do that I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the things of which they boast. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. So again, Paul confirming even Satan transforms himself into an angel of light, meaning even Satan tricks people, right? Just as these people who are transforming themselves into apostles of Christ, right? Followers of Jesus, they are deceiving people. They are deceitful workers false apostles. This is what Paul shared in the Bible. You know, in reality, most churches have it so backwards today. They are afraid to preach about the devil because they're going to lose attendance. Most people have a fear of demons. They have a fear of the devil, right? But we are conquerors. We need to be preaching more on being conquerors and that we can overcome him so that the people understand that they have access to the power that can overcome the enemy right? We can overcome him with the power of Jesus. How will the church know how to defeat the enemy without studying the enemy? Or is that only okay in football? Many of the churches don't even realize that their members brought a guest that they are a host to. And what do I mean by that? I am simply saying that the demons are following you into church. In the Bible, Paul discerned the possessed woman. And I want to touch base on this because it ties back to lies, right? And it ties back to using the truth for self-gain, right? Looking at the intent there. You can even tell the truth, but if it's to glorify yourself, there is no profit to be had there. It's a lie. It's manipulative. It's a sin. And I want to read in Acts 16, and I'm going to start in verse 16. And it says, Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul 
greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. So this woman had the spirit of divination. What is that? This woman was a fortune teller. She was talking to demons to tell people their fortune and she made a lot of money by fortune telling. So by declaring the truth, because Paul, you know, they, they were really preaching the truth and the people were moved by it. And she was telling the people who they were. And once they would see that she was right, right, she would get some sort of respect. This was really about making more profit for her. But Paul got so annoyed. You know, imagine, imagine, you know, you go to work every day and somebody tells you, wow, you're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. Every day, you're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. And yeah, you know, you might sit there now and say, oh, you know, I'd love to hear that. And, you know, would you? It would be so annoying. You're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. If it were me, eventually I would tell that person, get away from me. Stop saying that. Right? And that's exactly how Paul felt. Annoyed. Annoyed. So he rebuked her and cast out that demon that came out of her that very hour. And again, this woman was saying true things. She lied to flatter Paul, right? To manipulate, and it's a form of witchcraft. And today, men and women can be using witchcraft. And we use witchcraft when we lie. You know, we cannot just pray to Jesus for him to prevent us from lying because we control that. We control that. And for as much as people bend their knees and they pray that to him, he responds back, that's on you. We control when we lie. And ultimately, Satan is the father of lies. Lying is natural to demons. The Bible talks about heaven celebrating when one person repents. Likewise, of course, Satan and the demons are celebrating when one person lies, right? It's, it's welcoming. It's like an invitation. Come on in. And they love it. They loved it because people are speaking their language, right? And Satan is such a copycat. Um, and, and God, right, has the Holy Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Satan has his Holy Trinity too because, again, he's a copycat. He's got himself, Satan. He's got the world, right? He has dominion over this world right now. And he has dominion over the flesh. This is why we need the Holy Spirit. Is it possible to refrain from lying? Yes. Yes, it is. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, apart from him, it is not possible. You need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit to resist the devil, to resist sin. It's a power that we need. And if we are in the flesh, we need the Holy Spirit. No questions asked. There are zero exceptions to this. If you are in the flesh, you need the Holy Spirit. Will God judge us if we lie? Yes, it's a sin. It's a sin. We can remember Ananias and Sapphira in the Old Testament, these uh, high level, and you can certainly look it up and review it on your own, but high level, a husband and wife, they lied to the church. They lied to the Holy Spirit and they died. They were struck dead, right? They lied. God hates lies. God hates lies. He's the same God today, yesterday, and forever. Likewise, Jesus hates lies. Jesus is God. They hate lies. They will hate lies forever. They will hate lies forever. And just referring to John chapter 8, starting in verse 39, and I'm just going to paraphrase, uh, Jesus told the people, if you are one of Abraham, you would do the work of Abraham. And also in John 8, continuing in verse 44, he calls the people, your father is the devil, right? Because the people were not doing the works of Abraham. And Abraham was very obedient, very submissive to the Lord and what he said. 
These people were not. And God did not shy away from saying, your father is the devil. A lie is considered a work. We are judged on our works and a lie is an abomination to Jesus. How do we correct the lie? Simple. Tell the truth. Get the devil off of you because when we lie, again, we welcome those demons to surround us, right? Like imagine, imagine them, you know, sitting on your arms and on your shoulders, right? The, the burden you must feel, feeling surrounded. Get the devil off of you. Tell the truth and repent to Jesus. And what do you do after that? You don't do that again. You change. That's what repentance is. The word says we must be serious and repent. We must come before the Lord with a serious repentance, right? Because we're seriously sorry and we seriously don't want to do it ever again. And we seriously want to follow Jesus and do all the things that he says. I want to read in Matthew 4 just to further support that everyone in the flesh needs the Holy Spirit. You know, even when Jesus was on earth, he was in the flesh and he prayed so much because he needed strength from God when he was on earth. Even though he was the son of God, he was 100% God and 100% man. He was still in the flesh. And this is why we also ought to be praying today. Jesus doesn't say if we pray in the Bible. He says when we pray because we need to. We need to in the flesh. And I want to read in Matthew 4. I'm going to start on verse 4. And it says, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. I just want to say, I read that correctly. The Holy Spirit himself led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, who Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Now when the tempter, who's the tempter? That's a lowercase t, that's Satan, uh, came to him, Jesus, and said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Satan knew that Jesus had fasted, right? He was tempting him. Jesus is very hungry and Satan is like, hey, you can eat if you want to eat. Go ahead. But Jesus responded, man shall not live by bread alone, right? So Satan is already seeking some satisfaction, right, to get Jesus to break. But Jesus responds with the whole truth, right? When Satan even responded with some truth. Then in verse five, then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Verse 8, again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Boom, there it is, the intent. Satan wants Jesus to fall, to cast himself down, to worship him. So much so that the devil is actually going to give Jesus the entire world, which he's in control of currently. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, the angels came and ministered to him. So again, a perfect example of Satan using his tactics to even tempt Jesus, right? He told the truth for self-gain. 
it's manipulation, it's witchcraft, it's lies, and it's a sin. You know, when we lie, we promote Satan because his truth is to lie. There is only the truth. You know, you have people today that say, this is my truth. I'm living my truth. You know what? There is only the truth. And if it's not the truth, it's a lie. I want to encourage you today. You know, Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God can carry the heavier portion of your burden. We just need to be serious and repent. No person is born good. We're born seeking self. I was born seeking to please myself. And today you can wash yourself clean with the word if we walk in him daily. And if we walk in him daily, we will see him at the end of our lives. We will be with Jesus. It's his promise to us. To live for God is expecting his protection and blessings and guidance. It's possible for us to have the power to resist the enemy. There is nothing to fear when we have Jesus on our side. Nothing. And when we follow God, others will see God in our lives and wonder, why are they so different? So I encourage you today to pray for sensitivity in the spirit. It's not too late to change. It's not too late to change. Are you actively lying or actively sinning in general? It's not too late to turn to God and to be serious and repent. But one day, it will be too late. This is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.